Hey there everyone, it's Hunt. And guess what? I think I hear something. Do you hear that? Yeah, I hope it has nothing to do with golf balls. I hate you for that inside <laughs> joke. That is a very bad inside joke. Uh, and no, it sounds like the one called Fate knocking at your door. Yeah, that's fate for sure, and that's an AoE lightning blast coming right through. Uh, but yeah, we're back with another episode of Tabletop Recap. I have my co-host, Big Boy Chungus, with me here today. Hello! And uh, before we recorded, I was like, we are not doing a Dungeons & Dragons episode. I was like, the past ten or so episodes have been Dungeons & Dragons, and I'm not going to sit here and record another D&D episode without... Uh, recording something else first, because we actually have played two sessions of D&D that we need to recap. We're probably going to have G on the podcast for that if he wants to be. Connor the Trading Card Goblin was there too, but he was sleepy, so he went home. <laughs> Wham! Played a full <laughs> session and it tuckered him out. You should tucker it out, baby. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, today we're actually talking about the Pokemon Trading Card game, specifically the Gen 7 cards, which would be the Sun and Moon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon cards. Outstanding. One of my favorite sets so far. Yeah, I really liked this block. It was really, really good. I haven't seen a whole lot from the new set, but we'll cover that in a different video. Yeah, we, it'll be a while because we probably won't do that full set review. And we'll not, we're not doing individual expansion reviews of Pokemon right now because we're not buying a lot of Pokemon cards right now. I think it's two or three sets in in the States, and we've only got cards from one. Uh, but we bought cards from every set from Gen 7. So, uh, give us a very brief overview of the Pokemon trading card game, Big Boy Chungus. So, the trading card game for Pokemon tries to simulate as much as it can from the video games. Each player has a bench and an active station, where at the beginning of the game, they will throw out a Pokemon as their starters. Um, after that, they can try and fill up their bench area with up to five Pokemon, for a total of six, just like the game, you can have six Pokemon in a party. These Pokemon will then go back and forth with various abilities, effects, and attacks. And the first person to either uh, have the opponent mill their deck or retrieve what are known as prize cards. All six, like knocking out six Pokemon. Six prize cards equals six knockouts. Um, and the person who knocks out all of their opponent's six prize cards wins the game. And true Battle City style, uh, if you beat someone, you get their rarest card. If you play for keeps. I've never <laughs> been a fan of that because I'm not confident in myself. I have no confidence in myself or my deck. <laughs> <laughs> but, All uh, I'm saying is that if I'm not willing to take someone else's best card, I don't want someone taking mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the big card of this set was actually GX's, which replaced EX's. I don't know what GX stands for. With EX, I always assumed it was like extreme, like real 90s stuff. I don't know what GX stands for. Get good, maybe. <laughs> Get good. Uh, but GX cards were kind of like EXs, except I thought they were better balanced, actually. Until the, the tag team ones came out. Yeah, because you had to evolve them. Their big move could only be used once. Uh, and you can only use one of those moves in a whole game, not one per card. Like, one for the whole game. And it was trying to simulate Z-Crystals from the uh, video game. Because the cards also used to try to reflect the video game. 
So GXs were balanced for a while. They upped the HP, but uh, everything else was more balanced. Evolving, I think, was the worst thing about EXs, because all EXs were basics, except for the Megas. So, and even then, if you had the right item attached to it, you could evolve them for free. Yeah, because I have a Mega Glalie deck, and I never have to do that. That deck is turn. like super old now, and my most recent deck still have a hard time fighting. Yeah, I still beat everyone with that. That deck just doesn't lose. Uh, because no one runs steel decks, and that's the only thing that can beat it. But uh, now everyone's going to make a steel deck like, oh, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's whatever. But then they did something that ruined the GXs. In comes the tag team cards. Which had the coolest art, I've got to admit. They did have some fine art, not only for the standard cards, but for both the rainbow and full arts. And the tag teams themselves had this new type of art that was an alternate art. Because, like, for all the GXs, and we're going to talk about this when we get to when we get down later, all the GXs had standard and then there might have been a promo one, just because promo, uh, if that one had a 10 release or something. But the main three were normal, full, and then rainbow. But there were alternate arts for like every single tag team, and I have some of them, like Buzzwall trying to show off his muscles to Faramosa, and she's like ignoring him. Or uh, one of my other favorite Chad ones. Chad and Karen. Yeah, one of <laughs> One of my other favorite ones, Mew, trying to play with Mewtwo, and Mewtwo will have none of it. Um, he never has. Oh, Mewtwo. Whoa. Wacky and original. <laughs> he's like he's like a dark, brooding edgelord. <laughs> hey, Mewtwo, I found this berry. Want to share? Get away. I was born to test you, but I hate my father. Ugh, I was made to be a weapon. <laughs> Shadow the Hedgehog! If Shadow was pink and purple. If Shadow was cool. <laughs> but How did someone that looked like a walking piece of gum become that evil? Yeah, but the tag teams were basically just GXs and EXs combined because they were all basic. Their HPs were insane. They were always like 300 or Celebi more. and Venusaur had like 320, 340 HP. I have a Celebi Venusaur deck online and it destroys... And the other thing is, is that these GXs, the tag team ones, also had another ability tacked onto their GX move, where if you met certain criteria, not only did it do a ton of damage, but it usually did some kind of supporting item. Like with Venusaur, if you had a certain number of energy attached to it, not only would it deal 270 damage, that's a one-shot for anything less than a tag team GX, but it would also heal all your other Pokemon to 100% HP and shuffle your discard pile into your deck. Yeah, it did something like that. I haven't played with it for a while, so I don't exactly remember. But that sounds about right. If we're wrong, feel free to correct us. All your comments do is boost our analytics, so feel free to tell us we're wrong. <laughs> I encourage it. But uh, tag teams were strong, too strong. Strong is the correct term. You did get three prize cards for beating one, though. Yeah, but... Except if, you couldn't beat one. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you had another tag team. But then it's just whoever gets their tag team knocked out first basically loses. Uh, I think the one that is my personal favorite, just because it's a meme lore, is 
Mimikyu and Gengar GX tag team. I knew you would say that because you run that one in a deck and every time you pull it out, I freak. <laughs> it's because it punishes players who play heavy with trainers and supporter cards. Which I do, of course. Because <laughs> it makes it so you can't play cards your next turn. Like, you just can't play anything from your hand. And it's like, then all I can do is attack and use abilities. And that's it. And not even all those things. <sighs> it, it's just, it's the punishment... Dare I say, Dominatrix card. Because it just punishes you for everything. Oh, you you play Pokemon with lots of energy for high attacks? Well, now you can't play energy for a turn. Got lots of trainers for healing and drawing cards? Well, now your Pokemon's going to take extra damage for all those things. I love that standard art, though, with the big scary Gengar looking at you like some crazy Soul Eater character. And then the cute little Mimikyu's just sitting on his head. <laughs> Mimikyu's scary as all get out, though. Yeah, if you look under Mimikyu's skirt, you're like, go insane forever. It's wild. But uh, we also had prison cards, which are pretty forgettable. But you also run a pretty strong prison card in that same deck. Yeah, that's Lunala that's the bat. Yeah, tell us about prison cards in general. So first. prison cards are—I think they were introduced when the tag teams came around. I think it was there was an, a set called Ultra Prism. I think that's what it was. Yeah, that so was the first set. Prism cards are this type of card. Every other Pokemon set comes out with something like this, where it's a rare card that takes the place of an uncommon slot, and you have a chance of pulling one of those and an ultra rare card like a GX or a Full Art or something. This was basically the break evolution of Gen Seven. Exactly. So you could pull one of these Prism cards, and they're basically normal Pokemon, but they have a either a super powerful regular attack, and then a just as effective supporting attack or ability. There were trainers and items, too. These things actually had the power to knock out entire GX cards, or put you in a position where you would be losing one minute play it, and you would have the upper hand in the next turn. And you can only have, like, one per deck. Yeah, what, uh, one of Yeah, the specific type. card. Yeah. yeah, so you can't have, like, two Prism cards of the same name, but you can have three different Prism Pokemon in it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. So, uh, but I ran the new Lunala Prism card in my Ugh, Psychic deck. That thing is too strong. And basically it does damage, uh, 20 damage times the number of all energy attached to all Pokemon, including itself. How... How did that get past playtesting? How did that get past anything? That is too strong. And with prism cards... And it's basic. It's basic. Is it basic? It is basic. All prisms are basics. So you don't have to evolve it up there's, from its useless pre-evolution. There's no such thing as an evolution prism card. But with that, all that power, you can play that against a tag team or regular GX card. And if it's knocked out, you only lose one prize card. So you, there's not, you get all that extra power with minimal risk. Yeah, because I run the Cyrus one in my ice deck. That's a supporter one. And then uh, I'm working on a deck right now. The only reason I have not fin I have all the cards to finish this deck. I just need to actually put it together. The only reason I haven't is because we haven't played in so long. We've been so busy with Dungeons and & Dragons and uh, other stuff. So the only reason I haven't put the deck together is because we just haven't been playing Pokemon. But, yeah, it's it's it's... The uh, Tapu Coco. Oh, yeah, the the Prism one, right? Because I also run the GX Tapu Coco. Yeah, the deck I'm working has, the deck I have is going to have the GX, specifically the shiny one, just because it's the shiny one. The same card, just a different color on the art. And then the Prism one as well. 
The Prism one's already in there. Yeah, the Prism one is definitely more of a supporter. Its attack is average for three energy. Uh, it does 130 damage. Uh, and then, but its ability is where it really comes into as a, a key card because when it's on your bench, you can sacrifice it and put it into the lost zone, which basically means it no longer exists in this universe. Um, and if you do that, you can take two electric basic energy from your discard pile and put one on each of your other bench Pokemon, however way you want. So if you're running a deck where you're trying to supercharge powerful electric Pokemon quickly, you want at least, well, you have to have one type of Cocoa on your bench. I'm glad you remember what all these do. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised I remember what all these do. It's been at least Yeah, before we started, months. before we started, you were like, I don't think I'm ready for this one. And I was like, Gen 7's like the set we know the most out of any of them. We can do Gen 7. This is all just coming off the top of my head. Yeah, so once again, if we're wrong, feel free to correct us and boost our analytics at the same time. <laughs> Very honest about that. <laughs> all these YouTubers like... Let us know what you think down in the comments about this game thing. And it's like they're... You suck and no one likes you. They just want to boost their analytics. <laughs> but I usually do it anyways because it's fun. Uh, now let's talk about the different arts on these cards. All right. Uh, I just want to mention how the different arts worked for variant cards. Because promo cards always had different art. Uh -huh. Just to really identify them as a promo. Because uh, they had different art and a little black promo star in the corner. And they were most commonly found in tins or special boxes. Yeah, I mean, you know a promo instantly. And they sell for almost nothing online. Because they print so many of them. <laughs> yeah, because you can just get one by buying the box. Uh, but uh, GX cards also had really cool art. But then the art went to full arts, which was a different art... Pokemon does the best textured cards. They do. Better than anybody. It's been that way since they re-released GXs with... Yeah, it's been that way since Gen, Gen 5. 5, yeah. Oh, at least. Uh, the texture just feels great. I try not to feel it, though, because I don't want to scratch it. Because it's real... For, yeah. It's a forbidden texture. <laughs> I'm drooling. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm drooling. Uh, your nose is running. We're goo boys. I'm a goo man. <laughs> you tried not to laugh when I said that. I saw that. I love that episode. But, but yes, it's you want to touch it so bad, but you know it's either going to ruin the card or at least very least ruin the, the value of it because greasy yeah. human fingers. And then the rainbow rares are exactly the same as the full arts. Same art, same texture, but they have rainbow coloring. And there's not one of them that's... I mean, most of them are worth like $30 or more. The lowest Prism card I've ever seen sold. Probably the Moltres Zap, the Legendary Birds. Yeah, even that one sells for like $9. Yeah, and that's the cheapest Rainbow Rare I've ever I, seen. I currently have that one. I've got so many of those daggum full arts and Rainbow Rares, I can't get rid of them. I think that's why it's worth nothing, because everyone got it like so easily. The, the only, well, and what I hate is that the one that I was looking forward to the most, the, the stained glass artwork for the Moltres Zapdos and Articuno, in Japan, that was like the ultra-rare alternative art. But in America, they made it the promo for booster boxes and stuff, so now It was the promo in a, uh... In a, uh... What's that called? Unbroken Bonds, is that it? No, 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 no. I'm pointing at a box right now. That's called a... Oh, Elite Trainer Box. Elite Trainer Box. It was in the Hidden Fates Elite Trainer Box, and I did get that specifically... To get that promo. The, the card with, in my opinion, the most and beautiful art. Yeah, the most beautiful art and the one that I wanted the most. 
happen to be the most worthless out of all other variants. Yeah, and you just couldn't find that Elite Trainer box anywhere because Hidden Faith was so hard. And we'll get to Hidden Faith in a sec because I do want to talk about it specifically. God, that was gorgeous. That's uh, about the only Pokemon set that I'm really interested in buying right now just because of all the of alternative cards. Now let's talk about just the normal art on normal cards. What an improvement over Gen 6. Mm -hmm. If you saw our Gen 6 episode, we were like, the art in this gen is just okay. And even though, in my opinion, no art will ever top Heart Gold Soul Silver, ever, Gen 7 is probably the second best. My personal favorite theme that they've gone with is that if you look at all the sets, there are many stories that are told through the artwork. Like, there's, there'll be three different Pokemon. I remember there was one story that was told between Inkay and Meowth on the That's beach, my favorite example. I'm were, glad you said that. Where Meowth is trying to eat, like, a berry or something. He's trying to steal a melon. And Inkay keeps trying to take it and from Inke him. And Inkay takes the melon. So if you look on the Meowth card, it's him carrying this heavy melon, and he's so happy. And there's a little Inkay peeking up over other melons and looking at him. And then if you pull the Inkay card, it's Inkay flying away with a melon wrapped up and Meowth chasing it because it stole his melon. Give me back my melon! <laughs> the art is so good in this set. And they only get more elaborate from there. Uh, like, remember in one set, they had the three fire Pokemon, Hitmonchan, Hitmonlee, and Hitmontop? And the art would focus on one in the dead center, but in the background you would see the other two sparring on a mountaintop or something. I, um, you know what? Honestly, I don't remember that. But I do remember some cards were like the tag team Pokemon were in the background doing oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Like there's that Owlet card or whatever where there's like one of the legendary birds just flying by in the background. Like lots of... Yes, I do know what you're talking about. I think it was an Owlet. Owlet's so cute. Uh, yeah, the art in this set was just fantastic. My second favorite art out of any of the gins. Uh, you'll never beat Heart Gold Soul Silver. Sorry. Best art of all time. <laughs> now I do want to talk about one specific set. One of the fancy sets that you could only get in boxes and not buy individual packs for. Hidden Fates. Hidden freaking Fates! My personal favorite. Out of all the Gen 7 sets. When Hidden Fates came out, you could not find it anywhere. Scalpers were being crazy. People who ran stores were buying them all up before they put them on the shelves and then selling them on eBay for outrageous prices. I think it was because of Hidden Fates uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back with my local Walmart. Because I would always go to either Walmart or GameStop for my trading cards. But the Walmart had a really hard time trying to get sales up on them because you could come in on almost any other day of the week and there was always at least one tin or one special box that was just ripped to shreds, a stack of all the uncommon cards left right next to it, and all the rares were just gone. People were literally tearing open boxes and shoplifting in the middle of this card aisle. Yeah, because... And Hidden Fates came out with the shiny Pokemon cards. Oh, they were much... They were, one, just better looking than the uh, Shining Legends ones were. Mm -hmm. They were just better looking... There were a ton of them. There were like more shiny cards than there were regular cards I think in the set. Up to a third of the entire Pokemon roster for that set had a foil alternative. All the shiny cards that weren't E, uh, sorry, GXs were like new art and stuff too. And it was like textured art, but the card was normal. They were beautiful. I have a ton of them. I might have to sell them, to be honest, because I'm barely doing Pokemon stuff now and I need the money for more. Other games that I'm addicted to, <laughs> but because uh, I'm never gonna run them because I want to keep them nice. 
But, uh, and then the ones that were GX cards were always, uh... Shiny. It was like the yeah, same but, art from previous sets, but yeah. they had the alternative colors and then the shiny uh, sun flares. Yeah, it was the art from previous full art cards, mm -hmm. just with colors changed, and they put these little shiny... Because, you know, in the games, when a shiny Pokemon shows up, like, stars shoot out of it. Bing! Just in case the shiny is so subtle that you don't notice, like how shiny Gengar and shiny Froakie look almost exactly the same. Tyranitar, you can't hardly tell the difference. Tyranitar just has like a different belly color, but it's barely different, so you could easily miss it with Tyranitar too. Um, but yeah, uh, they worked hard on that set. That set had way too many supporters, and lots, lots of the regular GXs and regular supporters in that were dumb because they were from a starter set from Japan. And they were just bad cards because they were for learning how to play. Yeah. So, like, there were GX moves that just did damage and nothing else. Oh, yeah. They had those GXs that came from a family box set. Yeah, like was... the really awful Charizard. But everyone wanted the Charizard. I got the Charizard twice, and I sold both of them for way more than they should have been worth because they suck. But it's Charizard, and it's Hidden Fates, so... Yeah, you throw the name Charizard on something, it instantly goes up at least a dollar in price. He's easily the most popular Pokemon of all time. That's, uh, I, I don't even know what he's worth now, but that shiny Charizard GX card that's there was like $150 Yeesh. the last time I checked on eBay. And that was like just a few months ago. I actually know someone who pulled that. I went on a date with someone who pulled that card and I was like, how dare you? <laughs> How dare you give me that information? We are no longer friends. <laughs> you can drive yourself home. <laughs> How am I going to pay for a fare? Sell your Charizard. Sell your Charizard. You got a one hundred fifty dollars Charizard. You Ask for change. Problem with money. <laughs> I just cry driving home. <laughs> just awful. Oh my god. I'm a little. I'm a little tricky boy. Mm. Don't like that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Hidden Fates was really cool. No one really cared about most of the regular cards. No, no. I guarantee you, no one bought that set for the standard cards. Because they were all reprints of other existing Pokemon. And the GXs were trash, but a lot of people were doing complete sets of it, which I think is why I sold my crappy GXs from that set so easily. So much cardboard and plastic pollution was created because of the series, because all anyone wanted was those shinies. The only reason I even got a lot of the cards was because my comic shop would sell me stuff for regular retail price, because I'm buddy-buddy with the owner. <laughs> so he'd sell me stuff he didn't put out yet, and he'd be like, oh yeah, I got some invades in the back, you can buy it. So I bought like a bunch of tins. Uh, I have several Hidden Fate tins that I'm just using for storage for bulk now. I need to sell some bulk too. But yeah, support your local comic shops. The moral of the story, they'll hook you up. <laughs> support your local comic shop, everybody. Your local game stores. Support them. But uh, yeah, so what are your overall thoughts on the Gen 7 Pokemon trading card game cards? Uh, overall, I think it is the best set that they've come out with. Uh, not counting the most recent... Gen 8 cards, because I've hardly seen any of those. I think you maybe have, like, two of the big cards from that set. I bought one little special box when they first dropped, just to say I had them. We opened that on our YouTube channel, B3 Productions. It's, uh... It's the one with the freaking With the freaking It's an image of me holding a brain. Ah. 
But yeah, so I think this is my favorite set, despite the fact that the tag, the tag Team GXs became broken. Has the best art, the best mechanics, most fun. I know you said Hidden Fates was your favorite expansion from that, but what was your uh, favorite just regular expansion that you could get on shelves? Uh, what was the one that... What was the set that you could get Tapu Koko GX for the first time? That was like the second or third yeah. Gen 7 set that came out. You have a pretty good Tapu deck, or at least you used to. Do you only have that Psychic deck now? Did you dismantle mm, everything else, or do you still yeah, have that Tapu deck? Yeah, I kind of dismantled the Electric deck. I was trying to make a better Electric deck, but... I think all you have is your Psychic. The chase for those really good Electric meta cards was a little steep at the time yeah you can get those volkners could you god i forgot about volkner i sold a volkner full art for 20 bucks <laughs> i still have my volkner full art um 20 bucks uh i'm still holding on to that bad boy but yeah even the regular regular volkners you cannot run a modern electric deck without at least two volkners in your deck for sure and they cost like three bucks a pop mm. oh me likey yeah, I sold all mine, <laughs> except for the ones in my electric deck. I don't blame you. I'm just really <laughs> petty. Yeah. Uh, I know which set you're talking about. I can literally see the coloration of it in my mind, but it's, I can't it was, say it. Tabu Coco was like the poster child for that set. But yeah, just I don't know why. I really like Tabu Coco. Maybe it was because that was the GX set that I was when I was getting back into Pokemon. Again, that's what I came into. But I just remember that that particular card hit hard when you played it right. Mine was either Crimson Invasion or Unbroken Bonds. Because Unbroken Bonds had some really cool cards, but Crimson Invasion brought the Ultra Beasts in. Ultra Beasts kind of became a gimmick after um, Crimson Invasion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there were almost too many of them after Crimson Invasion. Yeah. What about uh, Burning Shadows? Uh, I didn't. I know that's the one that has another rare Charizard GX in it that everyone chases after. But yeah, I wasn't sure I think if that, that one was... has a rainbow rare. Unbroken um, Bonds also has a Charizard tag team people were chasing after. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't the biggest Burning Shadows fan, to be completely honest. I was not. Uh, I didn't like Dragon's Majesty either. That was another special set. I never pulled a single GX in Dragon's Majesty, and they were always so expensive, and I was like, you know what? Screw Dragon's Majesty. I never get anything good out of it. I never get anything usable. I got two Salamances and two Reshram GXs from that set, and both of those cards are meh. Yeah, I never got anything good. The art is good, as all GXs tend to be, but nothing to write home about. Got some nice alternative arts. Um, didn't they have shiny Pokemon in that one as well, or was that... No, that was Shining Legends. Shining Legends. That had like a shiny Lugia, a shiny Salvi, yeah. shiny Mew. So like number of other shiny Pokemon before Hidden Fates came through. Yeah, it was basically just a few shiny legendaries. Like, I have, I have the Genesect. Uh, they're nice cards. It's The Pokemon itself is textured, but the rest of the card isn't. It's kind of cool. They were much harder to get than in Hidden Fates, and... That... That set did have a lot of good cards, though. That Hoopa from that set is still pretty usable if you're running uh, up against GXs. Your Volcanian, your Shiny Volcanian still does a lot of damage when you run it. Oh, yeah. That's actually the only Shiny card I run because it works so well in my eyes. Actually, did I take that out? I think I took it out because you traded me Black Kiram from Cosmic Eclipse. And I think I put that in its place. Okay. 
Still a good card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a good card. Plus, he's a little gold boy. Mm. But yeah, I think that is it for today. Is there are there any other remarks you want to make? Nope. Just uh, I hope to continue learning more about the new Pokemon sets as they come out for the future, so we can continue making this awesome content. Yeah, I actually almost bought some Pokemon cards a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I can't do this right now. I can't do this right now. I'm almost out of school. When I'm out of school, I can buy cards again. But tuition is expensive. And so are books. And yeah. So um, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening to us talk about Pokemon. I hope you enjoyed a break from Dungeons and Dragons. I did not want this to turn into a Dungeons and Dragons only podcast. I still want to do episodes on like Settlers of Catan, uh, that Fallout game. We need to do Settlers of Catan with Karen and Kami. Yeah, they love that game. They could probably talk about it more than me because I think they play it regularly. Smash Up, Risk, Risk Starcraft, uh, King of New York, Betrayal in the House on the Hill. Is that what it's called? Betrayal at House on the Hill. That, we ought to do that one for a, uh, a Halloween special. Oh, yeah, we should definitely do that in October. 100% we should do that in October. Be spooky skeleton boys. Yeah. Uh, but we do want to bring you a lot more. Next time will be another D&D, though. But I kept my promise. And I did a Pokemon episode. <laughs> you, sir, are technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> so that's it. Um, be sure to check out all the links in the description below. Link to our Facebook, uh, B3 Podcasts, where most of the posts on there are about this podcast. This is our most frequently uploaded podcast. So most of the posts are about this, where you can see all our gaming stuff. Uh, we also have a Twitter, at uh, B3 Productions, which kind of includes all of our YouTube stuff as well. And then we also have a place where you can donate and lots of other fun, cool, swag things like merch. You can get merch on our eBay. Buy that merch. Buy that merch. I hate you. Buy that merch. I hate you. Buy that merch. Buy that merch. (laughs) If it makes you feel better, it was ghost written. More more than likely. (laughs) Anyways. That's it. Thank you all once again for your support. And we'll see you next time. When fate knocks at your door, hashtag Gucci Gang, hashtag Yellow.